Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and today's guest is the fantastically musical Jen Kenny. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now it's time to go off script and find out Jen's true story about making stuff up. Okay, please welcome to the podcast. It's this week's guest, Jen. Welcome, Jen. Hello, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to get to talk to you because you're someone that I've interacted with a little bit over the last year in the improv world, but nowhere near enough. <laughs> likewise, likewise. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to find out your improv journey and how you got to this point. Mm. So I want to jump straight in to your improv journey. And I want to ask, how did you get involved in improv in general in the first place? Okay, yeah, so um, this was about six or seven years ago. Um, it always comes up on like my Facebook and I always forget when it was, but it comes up every now and then. Um, it was my birthday, so I remember the date um, because my birthday is the same day as like my improversary, as I like to call it. And my mate ran, ran a cafe, my husband was out on night shift, it was my birthday, didn't have much on. She says, oh, there's a, um, a comedy workshop on at my cafe. And she says it would be right up your street because I'd been going to a lot of her. She'd been promoting comedy gigs and right. I used to go down quite often and just watch a bit of stand up. So I assumed it was going to be something like that, you know, like comedy, learn how to write jokes or whatever. Yeah. So I rocked up um, and it was run by Tom Young, who was a stand up comedian, but um, also was doing um, improv. So there was only about two or three of us um, that attended this first one. Um, but I was hooked from the off. I just we I, I just remember spending the whole evening just falling about laughing, mm -hmm. just playing sort of um, I can't even remember exactly what we did, but I remember doing some simple scenes or probably short form games that definitely involved some weird physical actions. And I just remember thinking this is the most ridiculous and fun thing. And I just remember buzzing from the whole experience. And that was it. I was hooked, um, started attending those every week um and never looked back really yeah <laughs> awesome so when did you first get involved in liverpool comedy improv um so i've known emma um through the british um improv project so i met emma okay. um at um one of the residential weekends that we have there and it was only this it's only been this year so i've met emma and sort of like chatted to her at, at that yeah. event and then i think it was just through the through the lockdown and have through the online stuff um seeing her pop up and sort of seeing what was going on with with the liverpool comedy improv and we weren't doing anything sort of the stuff um the same face as we weren't we're on a bit of a hiatus at the moment right. so we aren't doing any workshops or anything ourselves and just kind of got chatting and um you know um i know stuart as well who's been doing some teaching and got together with emma just talked about the possibility of, of, of sort of getting on board and doing a little bit of teaching. And because musical improv's my kind of love, um, that was one of the, the first things um, that I sort of suggested I might be, I might be um, 
good to do. So I did. <laughs> so it was really honour to kind of be asked to jump on board with the, with the group. And yeah, I've had I've met such wonderful people. It's a really lovely community. So with the teaching, is is this your first foray into leading improv workshops? Um, it's not. Um, so I've, um, as I mentioned before, the British Improv Project, um, they have these residential weekends in the spring and November again on a break at the moment. But I've taught um, a couple of sessions at those weekends. So um, I had done a little bit of musical teaching in real life there, a okay. bit of improvised rap and a little bit of organic improv as well, which I'd learned when I'd been down in London doing some stuff with the nursery. So um, I was also covering um, Tom's week weekly workshops as well. Um, so when he wasn't able, I was sort of like second back up and I would kind of cover those workshops. And I was just sort of dipping my toes into doing my own sort of intensive day workshops in Northampton as well. So I've done a few of those. So yeah, I've done I've done um, quite a bit of, of teaching in real life, but this was my first foray into like in online Zoom teaching, as it were. And with the musical improv, how long into improv were you before you got into the musical side of things? <laughs> well, um, so I started in the November and now if my memory serves me right, I was going, I'd, I'd started, um, you know, going to the workshops, but I haven't actually seen the same faces do a show because they haven't been doing shows in Northampton. And right. um, they were doing shows in Leicester, but I felt like Leicester was far too far away. It's actually only about 45 minutes at the road, but whatever. Um, so I um, was going to go and see the same faces perform at the cafe. I got a text saying, Jen, um, would you, rather than just being in the audience, could you be in the show? And I was like, what, uh, okay yes yes and yeah and i just literally before my husband was with me um rather than being in the audience i was in that show and in that show there were several several musical games one of which i remember was three-headed broadway star oh, which is game. a word at a time singing singing game and i was up there doing that game in front of an audience um there and then and that was, and I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. So we didn't do the musical in those workshops, but we did do them in the shows. And I just found that I had a bit of a knack for it, a bit of a talent for it. Cool. Um, mm, so yeah, I, I, I fell in love with it straight away is, is the short answer. <laughs> and are you musical in general? Do you play instruments? Have you got a history in music at all? Um, not really i've always made up like as a as a kid i was always making up songs i just thought i think everyone does it to a point <laughs> so making up different lyrics to songs parodying i did have a i was a singer in a, in a grunge band many mm. years back um yeah so I, I i was the singer in that band and i really enjoyed being with them um we only lasted about I don't know, six months or something like that. Right. And um, so, yeah, I'm not trained musically at all. I just have a real kind of love for it. And I just think that's where it's come from. I did have a silly parody band um, as well after the grunge band kind of split up with my mate. And it was basically us two in the, up the upstairs in her attic with Casio keyboards. And it started as a project to make um, cassette tapes, that's how long ago it was, um, for our friends who were going off to university, <coughs> pardon me, um, and we decided to make a parody song for each of them based on 
a band that they liked. It's very complicated. Okay. <laughs> so, and it was then based around which city they were going to. So we actually did one for Liverpool um, and Chester. Um, so one of our friends was going to Liverpool and his was based on the band um, Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine, Sheriff Fatman. And then we had another one based on a Pop Will Eat It song, um, Eat Itself song, sorry. And then we had um, a one for my friend who was going to Manchester, whose name was Martin, and that was Smells Like Martin. <laughs> and <laughs> that was a Casio March-based song to the tune of Smells Like Teen Spirit, but with a very bizarre chorus that basically listed all the bands in, in Manchester. So it went something like Happy Mondays, Stone Roses, Charlatans, James, Morrissey, New Order, Tony Wilson, Hacienda, and that. <laughs> and it just went on like that, yeah. So completely bonkers. But that was improv because we literally recorded it there and then. We didn't go back over it and change it. We literally, I think I just maybe scribbled a few lyrics down, but most of that was improv. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a classic in the friendship group. <laughs> I don't think it deserves to be put out anywhere else, but yeah, it Excellent. is pretty funny. <laughs> so if there's anyone listening to this and they're interested in getting into musical improv, you are running a course currently at Liverpool Comedy Improv, and I'm sure there'll be more in the future. What would you say to someone to sort of persuade them to just give it a go if they're a bit apprehensive? Um, I would just say, you know, we've all made up songs, parodies. We all do it. I know we do. We sing to our cats. We we hum different lyrics. We've all made up, um, you know, things to the tune of the Coronation Street theme tune or whatever. <laughs> Take a song you like and just play about with that. Go, you know, use the structure of a song that you know and like and maybe play about with the lyrics over the top. One of the first exercises I tend to do is just do it in gibberish, just right. utter sounds, because I think a lot of people get hung up on making it funny or making it rhyme or making it clever. And actually, that's not really what this what the the, the the thing I enjoy watching musical improvisers do. The thing that sticks with me is the joy and is they that glint in their eye when they get up there and you know they are having the time of their life up there. And if a clever rhyme comes out or if a clever call back comes out the same with improv really um then great but that's not why we do it it just let it flow um and i think gibberish can be like a really fun thing sing about what you love as well so i'd be you know make up a song about um what you're having for breakfast while you're you know making the breakfast do it to the tune of a song that you like um you know so i don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm not you see now, now i feel like i have to i'm gonna do one i won't but um you know <laughs> be, <laughs> i would just start singing all all the way through um but you know you could be making the toast and it could be like you know um making up silly lyrics to the tune of hit your baby one more time by britney spears yeah. or whatever um i think people get a little bit hung up on it because they see someone like showstoppers who are absolutely amazing but they work so hard you know they yeah. are rehearsing 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 they are like top of the game but you shouldn't be put off by that you know it's it's like you know people will learn guitar because they've seen jimi hendrix or jimmy page or whatever it is that yeah. you're not necessarily going to get to their level straight away it takes a little <laughs> bit of practice but my basic thing is, is it can just be really hilariously funny. And I want, when I do my courses, I just want people to have a laugh. 
and to loosen up and just not feel that kind of I have to be good, I have to rhyme, I have to do that. Yeah. Mm. I love musical improv. I've just not been able to get to any of your courses or other courses I've seen just for timing reasons over the yeah. last year. But I do slip into musical improv here and there. Sometimes if my guitar or a ukulele is nearby, I'll mm. bring them into a scene or sometimes I'll just freestyle. But I I used to do like this improv thing. with be, It was before I was doing improv. It was a long time ago. I used to be in a band or when I was doing solo gigs, I used to come onto stage and for my sound check, there was always like a bit of an audience when I was doing sound check. Mm-hmm. I would just make up a song on the spot. Mm-hmm. And cool. that became like a part of part of my thing. Like people started to want to come and be there for the sound check because I was going to make up some kind of song on the spot. Um, and it gave me that taste for musical improv. And I love watching musical improv, but it's definitely something I want to look more into in future. Mm. Oh yeah, and if you've got the talent of being able to play the guitar already, you know, that's a massive bonus. I mean, improv musicians, people who can play their instruments and accompany you is such a, it's, um, it's, a, it's difficult to find people who, who can do that. Right. Um, there are, the ones that are out there are in massive demand because it's such a skill. You know, they are hugely talented people who, you know, especially if you're improvising, we have an amazing guy who plays with us, um, Barry, and he is like a jazz musician in right. his real musical life. Um, and you can just see that comes through. Um, it, it takes a real skill to be able to accompany, um, you know, improv, musical improv live there and then. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you can play your guitar, I mean, I can play guitar like three chords. Uh, I have a a ukulele and I have a nose flute, which is, I don't know where it is at the moment. That's about it. You know, I I have really silly instruments. Oh, I mean, I do have my keyboards and I can press the one key chord. And that's how we're managing our duo, our musical duo at the moment, because we can't really use backtracks online because even Uh if they are copyright free because you bought them, the internet doesn't like them because it sets off all their search and it, it, it usually just closes it down. So we've had to um, go back to the Yamahas and uh, that's what we use. <laughs> <laughs> so do you use those when you're teaching the classes? Um, well, for my um, my musical classes, um, I tend to use the backtracks. Um, so I've got some brilliant backtracks um, from some professional improv musicians. So Joe Samuel, um, has um, who works with the Maydays at the nursery. He's actually, you can buy a set of his little backtracks for um, right. some typical improv games and they're just piano backtracks. Um, I use sort of things from the free sound archive um, and you can get quite a few really cool ones. You can get freestyle beats quite freely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But next time the, the next, next course I'm running, um, I'm definitely thinking about grabbing the keyboard and just adding an extra element and challenging myself to maybe, you know, just see whether I can accompany in a very basic kind of way. These are basic courses, so I'm not certainly not putting myself up there with Barry or, or Joe, <laughs> but um, I can I can change a chord and I know how a basic chord progression, What I know yeah. what sounds right. I've got a good year for music. I think that helps me a lot, but I'm not musically trained at all. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, I just wanna go back to something you said earlier when you mentioned the British improv what was it british project improv project, improv project. Bip. <laughs> can you just tell us a bit about that i've never heard of it 
Oh, really? Oh, gosh, I'll be spamming you with lots of information about it then. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was set up um, by um, Jeff Monk and uh, Tom Young from The Same Faces. And it is an improv residential, um, fantastic opportunity. We usually had, I mean, we started off in a tiny little youth hostel up in Edale, okay. and there was maybe 30 of us. I mean, this is, and basically it's like run as a cooperative so people would offer to teach classes like a 90 minute class okay. and then they would like lose a little money off their booking fee they'd get a little bit of money back for that cool. and we would all just teach one another because we're all coming from different places in the country different styles different skills different backgrounds and over the years it's just built up to be quite a quite a i mean it's a highlight twice a year it's my absolute highlight of my year uh you get we have people coming over internationally so i mean this is going to probably absolutely explode now because we've got so many new international friends um and it's we stay in a hotel and we've stayed at stoke rochford for the last couple of times okay which is beautiful um really grand setting we all feel like we're in downtown abbey it's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> um and then the day is sort of taken up with 90 minute workshops um, on all different ranges. So Tom tends to program the event schedule and he'll do like a mix of different um, ability, you know, so if you're a brand new beginner, there's beginners classes, but then right up to, you know, learn how to do a Harold or something a little bit more complex. Yeah. There's always musical improv because we have the amazing Tom Hodge um, who comes and plays for us, um, another amazing musician. And he'll often teach a, a musical class. And he supported me with some of my classes before as well. And then in the evening, we tend to have a big jam, um, big celebration um, and lots of networking, socializing. Some of my oldest improv friends um, are from meeting at, at the very beginning from the from this, this um, the start the chef a lot yeah. of friends from sheffield um i don't know if you know um long boy in the noise charlie and joe uh, but i i met joe from one of the very very joe thompson from the very first improv weekends um so yeah it's it's a lovely community and yeah we we're always wanting more and more people to come and come and join so yeah as an open invitation to anyone listening um and get in touch with me or get in touch with bip and we'd love to hear from you Awesome. I'll be checking that out. Feel free to spam me, as you said. <laughs> uh, you mentioned something there, Harold, and mm. there'll be lots of people listening to this that are still relatively new to improv. And it's something that gets mentioned a lot. It's like, oh, Harold, Harold. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's not something that I've experienced online at all. Can you explain what a Harold is for those that don't oh, know? Oh, this is like, it's always the hard. I always put myself my foot in it because I'm like, I used to be in a team that did a musical Harold. <laughs> <laughs> Just to add to the complication of a Harold. So a Harold, to my understanding, and I apologise if I don't get this quite right because I haven't done one in a long while, um, is you have three different what are called beats. So you're taking a suggestion, you would do some kind of opening activity together as a team, like a game or a, a repetition type thing. And then we'd go into some improv scenes and those scenes would help you to understand the kind of world that we were building. So we might meet some characters, 
we might know what the world, what the theme, we might have inklings at different themes and things like that. And we'd have sort of three scenes, just three scenes, slightly longer, not, you know, not short form, but these, this is a long form um, structure. And we would really, you know, we could have people walking on, you know, being the, the waiters and things like that if we wanted to. Um, so we're setting up that world. The second beat, then there'd be a game. Um, and this would be, this was known because it was like a palate cleanser. So they would have a game to kind of fresh and just sort of reset. And then we'd come in um, and have three more scenes, which would have some kind of relation but not necessarily. So you could have right. different characters. The theme might come in, it might not. And then the real skill is the third beat. Have another <laughs> game after that, reset. It's like a weird three course meal. Um, we'd have a um, you know, a, another reset. And then at the end you'd have, now you wouldn't necessarily have to have three scenes, but what would happen is you'd start smooshing everything together. So characters would come back. You might get callbacks. You might get the theme might be revealed. And we'd suddenly realise that, oh, it was all about um, job security all along. I mean, that's exciting, <laughs> right? I don't know why I said that. But, oh, it, it was all about love. It was all about relationships. What I mean, that would be good. It's, you know, good improv usually is based on relationships. Um but yeah, this would all come back together and sort of everyone would marvel at the fact that they'd basically taken all these threads and somehow woven them into a beautiful cloth. And that's your Harold. Um, yeah, it's 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 it strikes the fear of God into a lot of improvisers. Um, it all strikes the fear of God into me when I asked to explain it. Um, but doing it, I think we did it as a musical thing. And for us, we could obviously, we had our sort of songs that would help yeah. us to, so we would set the world, you know, here we are working in a train station, we love our job. And then we would explore the kind of characters around that or the things that might happen and bring it all back with a big closing number. Um, yeah, it was, it was challenging, but really, really fun to do. Wow. Um, yeah. And as, as for real Harold, I, I, yeah, there are some really good teachers out there. Um, John Trevor from Box of Frogs, he's, he's a good expert in that. Um, and I've learned quite a lot from him. So he knows exactly how to sort of uh, chop it up into its constituent parts. But yeah, it's um, it's challenging, but but fun. Um, haven't actually seen many online, if I'm honest. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're too long to kind of sustain the the um, interest in um, because it's not something that I've seen kind of advertised. I've seen a couple of courses advertised, but not that many. Right. So it's perhaps something that is people are moving away from a bit more in it. I think my favorite type of improv is more organic. So it's pinching ideas from the Herald and it's right. pinching ideas from the Armando and it's pinching a bit of this and a bit of that from different sort of structures, but then creating your own show as you go along and that you don't have to be tied to something um and just seeing where it takes you if you fancy suddenly stopping and doing a model longer in the middle of it then just do it so that's i i yeah that's my, i like playing about with the formats and and being really creative and really free if you want to break into song in the middle of it just do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where i'm at yeah <laughs> and so there's lots of people that watch whose lines it anyway and think mm -hmm. that improv is all about just short form quick fire jokes how long were you doing improv 
before you discovered that it's about so much more than that and that there's long form and various other types? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. So, yeah, because I was really into, like, the first start was the short form. And our style of short form with the same faces is very comedy-based. Um, Tom's a stand-up comedian, as I mentioned before. So yeah. it's very pun-heavy, very snappy, um, sort of a good structure of, of what's so very much like Who's Line, I suppose. Um, I think it was, hmm, now dates, dates have eluded me, but... I think um, definitely when I went my first BIP, I think BIP really opened my eyes to the British Improv Project weekend. Yeah. I think I got my eyes opened to, oh, they're doing, this is dramatic. Um, I remember seeing two people do a scene and they were set in like a bunker at the end, in like the end of a nuclear. I was like, oh, this is a bit deep. Whoa, okay. <laughs> and they were like having this final conversation as father and son. And I was like, wow. I didn't know this was improv as well as just the silly stuff I'm doing on stage. And then I started to sort of um, explore a little bit more. And I took myself off down to London on a whim, signed up for a six week organic improv course um, at the nursery. Cool. So every Saturday I was on the train down to London and sort of educate, got educated in it. And this is where I learned the organic improv. And that was with Jules from the Jules Munns from the nursery. And I was like, whoa okay this is a whole new ballpark now we can do this we can be that we can whoa and it really blew my mind i found it really hard at first to adjust from being this kind of quick-witted silly funny style into something a little bit deeper and i used to, i did find it tricky for the first you know everyone goes through those moments i think when they try something new in improv i lost my confidence for a little bit but jules expertly kind of guided me through it and it had every confidence in me. And I found that taught me a lot, which I've taken through being a teacher my, myself, because yeah. you need someone cheering you on and telling you, yes, you can do this. What you're doing is great. Just try a little bit more of that. He was just constantly encouraging and never, never doubted me for a minute. And I, I really, you know, put my hands up and, you know, and respect him for, for sticking with me and getting me through that. <laughs> and as an improviser, is there something that you think you're kind of known for? So when people think of you, they'll think of that. So as an example, <laughs> when people think of me, uh, I'm told that they think of puns and one-liners. Is there something in improv that you think, oh yeah, that they think of me, they think of that? Well, it's got to be, it's the, it's the singing, it's the making up the songs. That is that is my, my thing. Um, we play a game in the same face, it's called Bartender. Um, oh, and that is like my favorite game um, because there's an extra challenge. Uh, so you have the people come in telling their problems and then the bartender has to solve the problems in song. And I just, I love that game. And I think that's what a lot of people, people who come see the short form shows will, that will be the thing that they say, they remember me for, and they say, oh, that's brilliant. Um, and they, they really enjoy me for doing that. I think that it's got to be the musical stuff. In terms of when I'm doing sort of more long formy type things, I think my I've got a very bendy face <laughs> and I do good expressions. And I, I think I'm known for like, I, I can't hide anything. And I, I'm not afraid to kind of pull my face and body into <laughs> weird contortions. And yeah, I don't have any, I don't have any worries about that. And I love to come on with big, like big characters and, and really get into it. So yeah. I suppose in terms of everyday, 
non-musical improv that would be my thing is is coming in with a with a strong facial physical offer um definitely yeah I like the the bendy face. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, if I look at pictures of myself, it's the same in acting. I've when I've done shows, and I'm like, what is my face doing? And I'm like, oh, I quite like it actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you're someone that loves that physicality of really becoming the character, have you had to tweak your style a little for Zoom prov? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, I mean, in some ways it's good because I can do the much more bendy face if I lean into the camera and I mean, no one can see that. I just leaned into the camera and this is a podcast. So, haha. <laughs> but you can imagine me with a squishy face anyway. Um, but yeah, I think actually it's been really fun to play with, um, the zoom prof, um, coming in from different angles, moving my camera around. So there's, there's still an opportunity for physicality. It just took, I think it took us all a little while to kind of suss that out. So when I first tried this, you know, I wasn't really sure what I was doing and everyone was just sort of sitting like this. But I definitely feel that people have got a lot happier with the the physical aspect of it as it's gone on. And I think we can still do, you know, if you've got a little bit of space behind us, we can still do entrances and exits and yeah. in interesting ways. And I love, like I say, coming up close to the camera or just having one part of my body on like the eye or the my mouth or something on screen can just add some really funny um, little things. So it's, a, yeah, it's going to be weird going back to the real life. I think um, yeah. I'm going to feel like I want to go up to the audience, which won't be very good socially distanced and <laughs> go in there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, something I'm keen to talk to you about is so away from improv in, in your working life, you are a teacher. Yep. <laughs> and I am as well. And yeah. you teach primary. Yep. So what I want to ask you is, what is the main difference between teaching primary children and then when you're facilitating improv sessions, you're teaching adults? I want to know, what's it like to teach adults compared to teaching children? <laughs> um, so children, um, so I teach year five. Um, I've taught year six in the past. As well, so I like kind of the upper, upper range of primary. Um, Children aren't as self-conscious at first. Um, adults are, and that's fine. My aim is always to get them to be more like children. <laughs> um, children don't listen as well as adults can. So there's you've got this balance of children are freer, but they don't always listen. And then adults aren't as free, but they do listen. And it's just trying to sort of make adults feel childlike, but not patronise them. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing is, and I sometimes apologize to people when I do my courses, cause I say I'm a primary teacher. If I sound like, especially when I was doing online teaching every day, I was like, if I say something that sounds like <laughs> a primary school teacher, tell me to shut up because I apologize. I've been online all day and I haven't been away from this computer screen. It's better now because I, it, I've got this distance again, cause I'm in real life teaching. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, um, you want adults to capture that that playful vibe. I think being you can you have to be very clear with the children what you want them to do and yeah. sort of support them through it. Adults obviously can suss these things out for themselves, um, but I think both need encouragement. Both need to know that they're doing a good thing. Um, I wouldn't want anyone to be sort of turned off from improv because of something I'd said or done. I think that would be like my worst thing yeah. and i know i've heard stories of people who have gone away from improv because they've not felt 
listened to or valued and that just breaks my heart because I just think it's such a valuable thing so you know if I can get people out of a class smiling and just having a good time you know joy is is like my keyword I think if yeah. someone can find a bit of joy and they can do that in serious improv as much as the short form stuff then I've done my job um I think yeah <laughs> Uh, there was there's been a lot of chat over the last year about the impact that improv online has had on mental health and things, things like that and just celebrating how well it's adapted to going online and i was thinking about it earlier and i was thinking it shouldn't be a surprise that improv has adapted because that's what improv is improv is <laughs> getting a situation and then just making it work hmm. yeah i think um at the beginning when the first when the first lockdown happened i got so everything got taken away i think we'd done a show um literally like the thursday before um and there were like two people in the audience and it was like really sad and but we knew why you know yeah. it was like we, we we had kind of kept going we were like we'll just do it anyway because we said we'd go and we didn't want to let people down yeah. and we had no idea if people were going to come or not it was one of, it was one of those ones you could just pay in the door so we did our show um i think once once I first started, I did what I normally do. And I was like, right, I, there must be a solution. There must be something out there. So I started looking and going, is anyone doing anything online? I'm quite techie. So I really love my tech and love computers and things like that. So that was no fear to me. So I was on Facebook immediately looking up stuff. Found a um, an international women's meetup um, um, started by Lorna Dornweed Perry from um, in Amsterdam. I think she's over in Amsterdam. I'd met her in real life actually at the nursery a couple of years before, so I was sort of Facebook friends with her. Yeah. And she quite early on started off some international women's meetups um, through Zoom, and they were just every Saturday. They're still running now actually, and you just got to kind of converse and chat. They weren't necessarily doing improv, but they were just places for improvisers to talk to one another. Yeah. And that's how I connected with people all over the world. It was absolutely amazing. Then I got really super excited, signed up for a bunch of online stuff. Set, it was an Impro Fest online, and it was in set in Germany, but there were British, uh, there were like English speaking um, tutors. Signed up for about five or six different classes. Did the Jill, I did one with Jill Bernard, which was amazing because I've just, I've always wanted to be taught by her and she was absolutely fantastic. Mm. Panicked, cancelled all the others because I was like, I don't know. And I just had a real moment. I was like, why am I doing what? What's going on? And actually cancelled all the other classes, that, oh. not Jill's classes, but other people's classes. Just, I just went, no, 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 I can't do this. This is ridiculous. Why am I, uh, why am I there with all these amazing, I just felt really out my depth. And then I kind of like had a word with myself and calmed down. Then people like the nursery started putting their online content on and I started to ease back into it. And before long, I was I had signed up for about six or seven different <laughs> courses and I was all over it again. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting that moment where I panicked. Um, I have suffered from anxiety in the past right. and um, pre-improv times actually, and a little bit over in the improv times. Um, but I've always found that improv has been, uh, you know, I always say it's therapeutic, not th improv is therapeutic, but it's not therapy. And if you ever have, you know, dark thoughts or issues that really needs to be dealt with with professional, for yeah. me, sort of my, my little bits of worry or little bits of stress to do with work and things like that, can be, you know, I, I could go to an improv class in the evening and just laugh it, laugh it away and it would really help me. Um, but I do find, you know, I, 
and I find a lot of like-minded people in the improv community and because improv is such an open forum and people are very honest with one another you kind yeah. of do find that you can share stories and I do think that is part of it that people are that they do give something of themselves like when you're doing a play you're not necessarily you've got a script so you're not necessarily yeah. giving yourself away you might and you might explore facets of your personality to develop your character but when you're doing improv there's always a little bit of you in there and I just think that builds up these connections between people a lot faster doesn't mean that they're not as as real it just means that you've kind of bypassed a lot of the social awkwardness that we can have with one another yeah. because maybe you're doing an improv scene and suddenly your brother and sister and so you have to kind of and i think it's those bits after class and before class where you start to learn about one another um that's what really bonds people i think i've made such good friendships both in real life through all the gang, um, the, the groups, the troops that I'm in, yeah. in real life, but also with people on courses, I've made really lovely connections and shared stories with people. And I've like, it makes you feel, oh, I'm not alone. And I think, you know, that is such an important thing in this day and age. And with this pandemic, not being able to necessarily see people every day, um, it's been such a massive help <laughs> for me, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's great that as a community, the improv community is just so very accepting and people feel comfortable to be themselves in it. Mm. And there's, you know, there's friendships that have formed through improv with people that away from improv, they, they would seem like they're worlds apart and never, mm -hmm. never would be friends, but they find that connection and they find that common ground through improv. And, you know, there's some really great friendships that have been formed. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait. I want to do a world tour when this is all over. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll never be able to because, you know, teach holidays. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there is that, though, that I do feel real connection with with people that I would never have met on a day to day basis and just found them to be the most amazing, kind, ge people's generosity in the improv community has been fantastic you know oh i don't know how to work this thing oh i've got i've got a i can tell you how to do that zoom feature or what webcam you should buy or how you might set up musical background music whatever it might be yeah. people are so generous with their time with their knowledge um with listening to one another as well yeah it's been um it's been absolutely wonderful to be part of that community and only my small little way but you know um yeah, it's, I've opened up this massive world. It's, uh... <laughs> and um, away from improv, in your spare time, what else do you like to do with yourself? <laughs> um, well, um, I, I'm a bit crafty. Um, in my room, I've got all, I've got, I, I'm the, my, my husband calls me half a job, Jen. Um, <laughs> because I get, I get a little bit obsessed with things and then I buy all the kit and I do the thing. And then I put the kit away and then that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe come back to it. So I've tried crochet, I've tried colouring in. Um, I have pyrography kit, which is like wood burning. Got a lino kit. I've done some resin stuff. I just, I love creating, but I've never quite found anything that I've stuck at. So I do little bits of everything. Um, I'm quite interested in making I've, making music, like electronic music. I used to make quite a few years ago, just as a sort of, personal project 
So for my birthday, I bought myself a little um, little um, MIDI player, and I haven't played with that as much as I would like to. Um, but that's something that interests me. Um, I, tr I love bike riding. Um, um, this weather's been glorious for that. Yeah. Although I do ride a, a three a three gear nineteen eighty two or something <laughs> Raleigh Chilton that could really do, could do with um, upgrading, but I love it so much. So I, I kind of like just stuck with it. It actually only has two gears because the second gear keeps slipping out. <laughs> so <laughs> I just cycle around everywhere. Um, I love doing that. I really should go out running more. Um, yeah, I, d I don't read as much as I'd like to. I'm, I'm saying a lot of things I don't do. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a magpie and I just, I'll get a little thing and I'll get a little obsession for a while. And I yeah. think that's just a busy brain. Um, I think improv does take up a lot of my time. I did start just before the lockdown doing some stand-up comedy. Uh, yeah, um, but that obviously went um, out the window. I, I didn't fancy doing that online. I did do a yeah. uh, six-week course on writing your own show, so I do have a sort of half a one hour, I have a sort of the inklings of a show, but um, I haven't developed it or done anything more in it for the moment. I did do a showcase with a bit of it, but I'm, it's just sitting there. Again, half job, it's half written, sitting there, but it will, you know, I do come back to things, so yeah. I will come back to it. It's just the time isn't quite right i think when real life kicks off i might take it up again i might not i am yeah i'm just a, a very curious and interested in everything kind of person and i want to be interested if someone else has got a hobby and i'm like oh, yeah. tell me more about that <laughs> and then and i'll want to do their hobby yeah very much like that <laughs> i think as a primary teacher it's really important to have that curiosity for lots of different things because we mm. have to be good at lots of different things whereas oh, a high school teacher just gets to specialize in one thing and know it really well inside out yeah uh, but we have to be a jack of all trades in primary yeah definitely definitely and i think that having a lot of interest as well because you can mention something and that might pique a child's interest yeah and then suddenly they might go off and that might actually become something that they keep doing for life so i share my interests and i i share improv and after musical songs and poetry and things like that with the kids all the time and i think it just makes for a richer more fun classroom experience oh yeah totally i think if children get to be in a classroom with someone that's comfortable to be themselves and bring in things that make them smile then it's gonna rub off on the class yeah definitely yeah <laughs> kids are brilliant for it yeah <laughs> oh yeah totally totally and you mentioned the, the crafts that you enjoy earlier. I bet your children get um, a lot of crafts in class, right? <laughs> yeah, well, um, not so much in year five, but not as much as I'd like. But um, <laughs> we have this amazing art teacher. And uh, just the other week, actually, we were doing batik, just like molten wax on, um, on fabric and painting over it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I do like to sort of do little crafty things. And I, I love teaching art. Uh, and bringing that kind of thing a little bit of, we did our origami on Friday as well. Cause we did a oh, Japan really? week. Cool. Cause I'd, I, yeah, I used to live over there and I, they were like, we need to do a project on something. And I said, oh, let's, we can do Japan. And so taught them all the different things about yeah. Japan. Um, yeah, I think I, I like, you know, I will take my craft stuff and then let the children share it sometimes. If, uh, <laughs> if I'm feeling generous, <laughs> I think I think it's the thing that scares me most in teaching. Anything crafty, I just can't do it. Mm. Teaching art, yeah. anything like that. 
I I can write you a script at the drop of a hat. I'll write you a song at the drop of a hat. Do anything using that type of creativity. But if you ask me to physically create a picture or a model or anything like that, I am the worst person <laughs> to possibly be in a position to tell someone what they need to do. <laughs> This is where you get the, the the one that the kid that in the class that's like really good at it, and you get them to demonstrate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really I get really excited, but my my attention to detail and finishing techniques are not always quite there, <laughs> so I'm a bit sloppy. <laughs> this is why I don't do DIY because uh, yeah, I kind of like have the wheel, but yeah, I'm not. I'd rather just not do it or get someone else to do it for me. Yeah, I'm not not the, not the neatest and tidiest. <laughs> Okay, I've just seen the time, so we're coming to the end. But just before we do finish, there's a couple of things I want to ask. And first of all, mm -hmm. I want to ask, is there anyone in the improv world that inspires you? Oh, gosh, too many, too many. Um, I, I, the person that I'm really drawn to and take lots and lots of her classes is Katie Shoot. Um, yeah, so she's with the May Days. Um, and does she has her own projects and i've taken um several of her classes in fact the stand-up class was with her oh, right. um i just find her that she's really smart she's really funny um and she's a very knowledgeable teacher she's a really great teacher she'll take an exercise and she'll she'll tailor it to what she wants to get out of it right. um so in fact her and chris mead as well her partnering project too but the pair of them are just excellent teachers um really really enjoy working with them um my original inspiration of course was josie lawrence and whose line ah, is it anyway yes and you know i had to mention her because she's like who i look up to in terms of i went to see her at the comedy store and i was like oh my god she's just absolute queen of improv um and really really you know i'd never thought i'd end up being like i used to watch her on telly every week and i'd be like how does she do that? How do they do that? What is that that they're doing? Didn't know it was improv. Um, but just seeing her burst into the song, she's just so clever and smart. And she's an amazing actress as well. So, yeah. Awesome. I want to be like Josie when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. And what a great person to want to be like. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and finally, just uh, do you want to point people in the direction of your social media if they want to get in contact with you about anything improv related? Yeah, sure. So I'm um, Genki Jen Kenny at um, on Facebook um, and on Twitter. I'm Genki at Genki Jen, um, and then my duo is called at Improvoke. That's I M P R O V O K E, I think, <laughs> um, which is a mashup of improv and karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there we go. Well, thank you very much. This has been an awesome chat. It's been great to speak to you, and. Um, I guess that's it. So I'm going to say goodbye and you can say goodbye as well. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know I'm doing that waving. <laughs> I really need to get better at ending these interviews. <laughs> well, thank you so much to Jen for that fantastic interview. I found that to be quite educational. Uh, so I hope you listening at home uh, was just as enthralled as I was and just enjoying all of Jen's stories and all of her insight into all things improv. Please do check out Musical Improv if you think it's something that you are even ever so just slightly interested in because I know people that have gone into classes with Jen and they've absolutely loved it. So do check out the Musical Improv courses available at LCI or just 
look for musical improv just to enjoy and watch because it is a true delight in the improv world. Now, if you're interested in getting into improv or you're already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Live Comedy Improv. If you are a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we will make arrangements as soon as possible. Don't forget that if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate the show as highly as you can, write a review, anything you can to help get the show out there and talked about is much appreciated. Thank you very much. You can find me on social media all over the place really just search for ian luke jones on facebook youtube twitter instagram all sorts of content for you to check out on my youtube and lots of various other things for you to check out on my social media if you're at all interested in finding out what goes on in my daily life and that pretty much brings today's episode to a close thank you as always for listening really appreciate all of your support And I appreciate all of the lovely comments that I've been seeing on social media about the show. Remember, if you are a member of the community, those comments could be about your episode. Do get in touch about arranging an opportunity to be interviewed for the podcast. But before I go, as always, here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv... And yes, and...